Markets continue their free fall, ladies and gentlemen. Today is Thursday, January 19th, 2023. And even though there's an abbreviated week, we continue to see the market slide further south. Right now, the Dow this week is already down 3.7%, with the S&P and NASDAQ down over 2%. Welcome, everybody, to Buy, Hold, Sell. I'm your trader, Todd Schoenberger, and I am joined by my friend and co-host, Tobin Smith, out in sunny and hot Scottsdale, Arizona. And we oh, don't, be don't be a crier. Don't be a crier. There Jeez. you go. And, and, well, and we, what, we'd like to bring on a very special guest today. We have Chris Rowe. He's founder and CEO of True Market Insiders. And Chris, I want to go to you first because you are someone who has been, I would say, on the optimistic side right now. Just reading your pre-show notes, it sounds like you think that we are actually in the middle of a bull market, whereas you have so many people out there that are saying we're in a bear market. Please explain. Well, it's not that I think we're in a bull market. I know for a fact we're in a bull market. It's just that a lot of people watch um, the wrong thing. They're watching the S&P 500, which tends to mask reversals until it's blatantly obvious to everybody it's too late to jump into stocks that have already doubled or tripled. The uh, S&P 500 has been battling this downtrend line that everyone's been focusing on. Yeah. Uh, it's been established since January, since the bear market began. But that's the S&P 500. That's the same index that told you to uh, buy stocks towards the end of 2021. Uh, the S&P 500, I think, should be ignored. If you look at the small caps, if you want to just take a shortcut, IWM is a Russell 2000 small cap ETF. You can see that that has broken well above its major downtrend line. It is in a new bull market. And if you look at the participation levels, it's like every sector out there. If you break the market into 41 sectors or call them subsectors, um, almost all of them are showing demand in control. Stocks are breaking above resistance levels. We are in a bull market. It's just that a lot of people can't see it yet. Hey, Chris, That's interesting. The, uh, Chris, what's the, the 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 resistance line are you using? Is that 100-day, 50-day, 200-day? What's your... I am looking at a downtrend line. So if you just okay, connect just the from, highs and you start from top, with... The, yeah, with from old highs down here. Yeah, all the highs this down here. Very, just this is how we do graphics. The lower the highs, and you got a downtrend line. Yeah, Everybody's focusing on that of the S and P 500, and I'm saying, look at what's going on with the small caps, and look at the participation levels we're seeing in bullish sectors. Okay, so the S and P, though, and for the listeners and viewers of this show, they they should know that the S and P 500 is a cap weighted index, whereas the Dow is a price weighted index, and so a lot of it, a lot of strategists do like to look at the S&P 500 only because they think that gives a complete report card of the overall health of the stock market. But Toby, what do you think? Because you know, you've been you've been one of these guys that has been bearish. I'm very pessimistic on the markets and the economy as you know. But what do you think? I mean, Chris does have a point here. I mean, maybe we should start considering the alternative. Well, first off, uh, since uh, Chris just bought my publishing company, whatever he says is right. <laughs> okay, I, you know, I, I I'm good with that. Um I uh I, I think I've been saying for the last six, seven months that we, you know, we have bear markets and then we have bull markets within the bear market, right? So using Chris's point of S&P 500, first off, I, I consider now the Dow, the new QQQ. I mean, if you've been looking at the, at the Dow and you don't do it by market cap, you just take it by uh, its, its, you know, the, the components, the Dow has actually been you know, being bullish, again, it take away the market cap. The, the, the What I like to use, though, is just the unweighted uh, notes. And if you look at the unweighted S&P 500, the unweighted uh, NASDAQ, then, yeah, we're bottoming, as I've said, though, I think for the last six months. But there's a bull market within the bear market. And, and you know, but it's at the even at the micro sectors. 
not not transportation, but product energy product shippers. I mean, we're up probably 40% in these in the last uh, two, three months. Why? Because if you're going to ship oil or you're going to ship diesel fuel or anything else to uh, somebody from somewhere, uh, you got to go about twice as far now because Russia doesn't, you know, is not shipping this stuff. So all of a sudden now um, China is reopened and China finally said, okay, well, I guess we need some of that Australian coal because we're freezing our tukuses off up here. Um, and now you have to have bulk shippers shipping coal again, which they weren't shipping for nine months. So we look at the rates of, of, on shipping. We look at the rates on other areas other than just, you know, the, the 10 mega cap companies. And as we've said, you know, we have this Brexit uh, portfolio, the Russian exit portfolio, and that Russian exit portfolio continues to not only make money, but also pay serious dividends. I mean, I, you know, I've used this term back to the future market. You know, in the old days, you know, like two years ago, the actual return of the S&P 500 or the Dow or any other index, 50 or 55% was dividends. I mean, that was old school. That's how investing used to work is you took right. your, your stock plus your dividend and that was your total yield. If you look at the total yield on MLPs, uh, on, you know, the, the, the transfer energy, a lot natural gas, more than oil, you look at these tankers, you look at... We were on shippers for a while. It was fantastic until you know uh, the uh, pandemic ended. So it's not just the market. I totally agree with Chris on that. Uh, we would not be making money. We would not have been up 80% last year if we were buying yeah. S&P 500. We're buying the secular growth beneficiaries of right. significant transformational events, in this case, historic transformational events. Right. When historical transformational events happen, somebody's going to make a whole bunch of money. Well, the, the interesting thing about it is this market sell-off isn't about earnings. Now, we went into this week with the expectation yeah. that because of poor earnings, uh, weaker guidance, therefore, you're going to have more of a sell-off, more pressure on equities. And But it's really about the Fed. And now, is the Fed overreaching? Are they going to tighten too much and therefore push us into what is looking like an inevitable uh, recession? But will it be a prolonged recession is the question. But... Go ahead, Toby. Well, I mean, what do you have? I mean, again, if you look at, so there's really just two camps here and they're both diametrically opposed, right? Okay. Um, we got bad news on retail sales yesterday. I mean, as bad as you could have. And the Very market bad. said, I'll go, uh, that means, you know, recession of spending at the consumer level, which is 76% of our GDP. So the market went down 600 points. Mm -hmm. um, interest rates didn't, you know, go up. Uh, and they, in fact, went down. So in theory, th in theory, yesterday or Tuesday, the, the threat of recession, because remember, recessions bring down EPS and the S&P by about 18, 19 percent. And so you could make the argument that we haven't priced in the earnings uh, drops. What we have priced in is the Fed uh, work. Well, I don't know how you do that, because, you know, we started out 400 points today. Then we were up, to, you know, on the down and then 100 and we're down. The market is freaking confused. And, and, and the issue to me is I'm not 100% going to be in cash until we get through the, the next 35, 40 days of actual earnings and forecasts. And then if the market holds, then I'm in Chris's camp that, you know, we've priced this in. I'm sure Chris has got a better point than I do. Yeah. Now, Chris, wait, let's go to you now, because I want to know, I mean, right now, are there any specific sectors that you just are in love with? Or you're saying 
to your subscribers, look, these are the areas you should be focusing on. Yeah, I, I agree with Toby, but just for different reasons. I'm not too interested in the story. I don't really care what the Fed is doing. I, I don't really care too much about the why. I just clearly see the what. And the what is that oil service stocks are among the strongest groups, if not the strongest group. In the stock market, you said there are bull markets within bear markets. Well, all last year, the energy stock market had yeah. been in a bull market. I think energy stocks ended up 40 something percent while all other sectors were up, were, were down. I think one was up like 1%. So if you look at oil service, if you look at PXJ, PXJ is a great exchange traded fund to take advantage of oil service because it also layers on top of quality oil service companies, a momentum strategy. So it's always buying the strongest performing oil service companies and energy in general. So PXE, same kind of thing with just straight energy. Mm -hmm. um, but when there's a bull market within that bear market, what we're looking at today, you know, precious metals are among the strongest sectors of the stock market. So you really want to be long precious metals, GDX, GDXJ, and actually just precious metals in, gen in general, the actual ye yellow metal and silver metal, um, which you can buy with GLD and SLV are also very strong. If you break the actual commodities market into four major groups, precious metals is by far the strongest of the major groups. And for the first half of the year, that did not translate to precious metal stocks. Yeah. Now, precious metal stocks are starting to catch up to the strength in actual precious metals. And they're actually probably one of, if not the strongest subsector in the stock market. You've yeah. got two things going on in the stock market. You've got the stock market, and then you've got commodity-based stock market. Two different stories, two different rule books, two different playbooks, and it, it's best if we kind of look at them as different things. Um, so another strong area in the stock market when the stock market wants to be risk on is the semiconductor sector. And you can use the semiconductor sector for two things. One, to make huge, huge profits. And number two, as a, a barometer as to whether what the stock market seems to be telling you is valid or not. And so when you see this, the semiconductor sector today, the worst performing sector in this pullback. So that's something that makes my eyes kind of pop. It goes against everything else that I've been seeing. I'm seeing a lot of demand coming into this market. I'm seeing um, the, the broad market, like you said, Toby, the broad market, the equally weighted uh, ETF for the S&P 500 is RSP. Um, you know, you want to look at the uh, IWM, which is Russell 2000. It's not equally weighted, but it's pretty darn close to being equally weighted. IWM will tell you what the market is really doing. Uh, I wouldn't want to focus on the SPX. And within the uh, stock market, I'd be focusing on commodity base. So that includes industrial metals, but especially precious metals. Mm -hmm. I'd be looking at energy, but especially oil service, uh, like Tobin was, uh, was uh, discussing earlier. Um, outside of commodities, um, consumer staples very strong. Airlines like JETS is an exchange traded fund that you can buy. That's been very strong. And if, if I wanted to hedge, I would probably, if I wanted to hedge, I'd probably be bearish on uh, XLRE, the real estate um, yeah. ETF. Okay. Well, those are some know, good ones. Todd, it's, it's, it's interesting that, um, if, for instance, if you look at metals, they're almost 100% correlated with the dollar. And so, yeah. you know, metals didn't start moving until the dollar started moving down because that's how right. it works. If the dollar buys less than uh, if for uh, someone else, then, you know, the, uh, the, the people who benefit from the dollar go down and have more money to spend on gold and silver, so on and so forth. The other, you know, aspect here is, you know, we've looked at the global, and we've talked about, you know, Europe, the problems they have, and it's pretty obvious. Well, gosh, all of a sudden, guess what happens? If you get like three months of great freaking weather in Europe, that's unseasonable. They have more gas than they can do with, right? Number one. Number two, Europe, you know, has had everything thrown at it 
and is surviving. And so number one and two. And then number three, the freaking market in the best days of the European stock market sells for about an eight PE versus the United States. So what's been leading over the last three to four weeks has been the European indexes. So we own the DAX, we own the uh, French uh, index, the CACs, and it pays dividends. I mean, it's again, it's another back to the future deal, except that we, you know, we assumed that Europe was just going to be flat on its back no in way. a deep recession. And, you know, through the right. faith of whatever, uh, the gods of weather have, have completely shifted that whole deal, number one. And then number yeah. two, we ship them so much LNG that there's still like eight LNG ships flopping around outside that haven't up unloaded their LNG. So we own a company called NRT, which is a natural royalty. They're in uh, Netherlands. They pay us about an 18% dividend. The stock is up probably 25 to 30% for us in the last couple of months, but it's significantly lower than the energy trust in the United States. And uh, th they sell everything they can get. The natural gas prices have come down to uh, you know, only five times what U.S., Prices are they were 25 times. So I, I, I like a, a Northern Real okay. Realty Trust, NRT, just because A, the, the dividend, uh, and it's paid in dollars, not paid in euros. Um, yeah. Secondarily, uh, they as their economy starts coming back, we're going to ship them less LNG, and they're going to use every bit of natural gas they have. There you if go. And and for the, for the viewers and the listeners out there, when Toby's saying LNG, stands for liquefied natural gas. So uh, just put that in your back pocket. Chris, you had something you wanted to follow up with? Yeah, yeah. First of all, I absolutely agree uh, with Toby. If you look at the, the US dollar, it had been in a strong uptrend for a couple of years. Yeah. And there's a, an amazing story behind that. And it leads to everything that Toby's saying. And I'm going to tell you from the technical perspective. So the US dollar has an inverse, uh, it puts inverse price pressure on commodities in general. Um, even though the US dollar had been gunning higher, super, super strong, in the face of that, you still saw energy moving higher. You normally don't see that. If the US dollar is gunning higher and it's moving strongly higher the way that it has been, it's going to put downward pressure on energy and really all commodities, just about all commodities. It didn't do that. So even though in the face of that, it, it, energy is supposed to go lower, but it went higher. Now what you have is a US dollar that's reversed lower. If energy moved higher when it wasn't supposed to, what's going to happen now that it has the wind at its sails? What's going to happen with, I always said this for the last two years, if energy is moving higher with the US dollar moving higher, what the hell is going to happen when the US dollar reverses lower? Chris, energy did has you, to explode. Did, I, I know you live in Florida, you know, and you're outside a lot, obviously. Did you hear about the <laughs> Russian invasion of Ukraine? Did you did you hear about the boycott yeah? There's a little. I think it did oil? something to the supply to the supply uh, side of things. There's an article in the New Yorker about supply that. and demand prices commodities. You bonehead. Now, I, yeah, I, obviously, <laughs> so there, there's there's multiple forces. By the way, yeah. that, that's just a little bit of a, a of a of a door you just opened there. Um, yeah. You know, if 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 we print all this money because of COVID, of course, right? Not to get all of our friends paid billions sure. of dollars, but if we just print all this money because of COVID, which is inflationary, because you know, obviously, you're diluting the uh, the dollar. Why would globally? Why would globally uh, all these different countries initiate trillion dollar infrastructure? deals um and all of this they're, so there's they're increasing the demand for metals they're printing all this money two things that are inflationary and at the same time they're cutting off supply 
um, they, it, it feel like they're just basically torching the, the entire global economy. You've got central banks around the world that are just printing huge amounts of money. You've got uh, countries around the world that are doing trillion dollar infrastructure deals and you cut off uh, pipelines. I, I feel like they're trying to yeah. take on the economy. But to speak to your point, Toby, it is a wall of worry um, that where things are being removed. So you talk about um, yeah. Brexit, the exit of Russia. Yeah. Russia, there's all this bad news right now that it's not like you're in a bull market and, and the skies are clear and everything is 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 delicious and then you're in a bull market for that reason. Stocks have been so depressed, so suppressed. There's so much selling that has already happened. The sellers are exhausted. The short sellers are done. Anybody who was going to get shaken out of this market has been shaken out of this market. And it's very hard to push the stock market down when there's no sellers standing in the way of all that buying pressure. Yeah, but the Chris- The US dollar Chris, coming down also helps the, the, right. uh, the stock market move Chris, higher. where's the capitulation, brother? Where's the capitulation? The VIX has not gone anywhere. We don't know. We don't know what, where you, it is. You, you didn't know. notice it. Where's the capitulation? Uh, in, in June and in October was our capitulation. Of overseas, I will tell you this too, overseas, to speak to your point, yeah. Europe, the European markets, especially the European uh, markets, the stock markets are absolutely gunning. And they're about three months ahead of us. Just the same way you used to look at COVID and you look at what's happening in Italy and you'd know that in two months, that's what's going to happen in the United States. That's the stock market right now. If you look at Turkey, T-U-R is an ETF. You look yeah. at Greece, G-R-E-K. You look at Poland, E-P-O-L. Turkey has more than doubled off of its low, more than doubled off of its low since July. So the uh, right around our first bo bottom, they had their last bottom. They're about three months ahead of us, and they're absolutely gunning higher. So okay. I, I'd be looking at international markets. If there's yeah. one takeaway from okay. what I'm telling everybody today, look at international markets, emerging Europe especially. And if you want to um, get into a kind of the new, the new, um, the new strength, AAXJ will get you Asia except Japan. AAXJ. AAXJ. That's great. We're going to leave it right there on that block, though. I got to say, so much great information. And for all the listeners and viewers that want more from Chris Rowe. Definitely go to his website, truemarketinsiders.com, and sign up for that free newsletter. I think you'll be getting a lot more out of just what he said. So uh, that's Thanks, fantastic. Hi. And Chris, Chris is going to stay with us for the next block because what I want to talk about and get both of your thoughts on is Netflix. The earnings came out. The headlines are just rolling through my Bloomberg right now. And I got to say, when I look at this, well, I'm just going to leave it for the listeners, the viewers, uh, after the break. So please stay with us. Buy, hold, sell live, brought to you by Transformity Research. Imagine how fast we could solve the world's biggest problems if more SaaS startups would gain traction sooner. Welcome to the Tech Entrepreneur on a Mission podcast. This podcast is dedicated to sharing experiences from B2B SaaS CEOs who are going above and beyond to deliver change that is noticed. You will hear their secrets and learn what is required to build a SaaS business that the world starts talking about and keeps talking about, and how to overcome the roadblocks to do so. 
Travis Carmichael, the seemingly social financier who successfully left behind a blue-collar Baltimore upbringing by transforming himself into an elite hedge fund manager branded with a sterling reputation for creating enviable profit machines for many of the world's most powerful people. His success proved costly as he became incessantly vulnerable after a series of careless mistakes and poor decisions originated from his love affair with the brilliant and stunningly beautiful Russian operator Naomi Knight. Through a roller coaster journey, of greed, mystery, sex, and murder, Travis and Naomi's metamorphosis, from scorching Wall Street couple to unrecoverable bliss, is forever locked for posterity as one of New York City's most interesting tales. Coming to you from former Wall Street hedge fund executive and frequent contributor on CNBC, Fox News, Bloomberg, and CNN, I, Todd Schoenberger, feature a historical novel inspired by true events, including but not limited to those who possess impenetrable dreams of Manhattan wealth and the consuming lifestyle it perpetuates. Please pick up your copy of No Lie Lives Forever, available on Amazon and finer bookstores near you. Did you know virtually all vessels traveling in the U.S. have to be American-built, owned, and crewed? That's thanks to the Jones Act, which is the bedrock of the American maritime industry. On the American Maritime Podcast, we cover the topics that matter most to the 650,000 men and women of American Maritime, while also being accessible for the average listener to learn about this industry. Every episode features a new guest, including congressional leaders, senior military officials, leading policy analysts, and other experts. Come aboard and listen wherever you get your podcasts or watch on the American Maritime Partnership's YouTube channel. Welcome back, everyone, to Buy, Hold, Sell. We were just talking about the markets in the last block, about how Chris thinks things are going to be looking positive. He sees bullish signs. Toby, he's talking about a bear market, but there are some bullish moments in that bear market. There's Personally, bull I, markets within bear the markets big and bear exactly. markets. Yes, we got that. We got the whole thing. We're going to, we're going to make up some T-shirts for everybody. Good. So, so, Good. But with that, I will tell you one thing that is very bullish right now. And that's Netflix. Everybody's talking about streaming services, how they need to consolidate. Well, when you look at Netflix, their subscriber numbers, they were expecting four plus million subscribers. They got seven, nearly eight million subscribers for the quarter, nearly doubling what Wall Street was expecting. I got to say, guys, is now the time to be investing in Netflix? What do you think, Chris? I'd say selling into strength. The market is giving you a great opportunity right now to get the hell out of Netflix if you're already in it. Um, you know, if you like the leisure sector in general, I love the leisure sector. It's part, it's the subsector that Netflix is a part of. Um, but I wish it would not be a part of it. It's, it's a, it's an ugly stock. It's running right into resistance. It's been moving higher on lower and lower volume. It's got some very, very heavy resistance levels, um, that used to be the old support levels. It's come too far too fast. If anything, it's a blow off top. I would stay the heck out of it. If you want to be in that sector, R-I-C-K is a great stock within the uh, leisure sector. It's broken out recently out of a nice uh, two-year base on heavy volume. So you want, access, you, want, you want exposure to that same sector, R-I-C-K, give or take, is, is you know, in a similar sector, leisure. Uh, Netflix, get the hell out of it. Okay, so, that's good to know. Toby, so you I don't like say it, me- Chris. You don't yeah. like Netflix. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> that's, that's what I'm trying to say. Okay, all right. 
Well, the, uh, Toby, you and I have been talking about this. I mean, buy, hold, sell, being on streaming platforms. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely uh, in the plan for 2023. And you really start thinking about the growth of streaming, whereas people are cutting the cord. But what do you think? I mean, Netflix has been really a pioneer. I mean, since Reed Hastings co-founded the company, they have been that group or that Dude, company I used that to get, everybody seems to emulate to. Yeah, I used to but, get yeah, CDs and DVDs from Netflix. I could, couldn't yeah. wait for that little envelope to show up. I respect the heck out of him. I respect Red yeah. Hastings. I mean, he, Reed Hastings, he he stayed with it when everybody said it was not going to work. Completely changed the world. Streaming is, you know, he was, he was so far ahead of everybody. But first off, this the 7 million new subscribers they got, well, you know that what that came from? It came from like all my neighbors kicking their kids off of their NetStream account and said, you got to get your own, you schmuck. Um, right. So so that's a one time sort of pop. If they were to get everybody that, that stole or excuse me, uh, shared uh, their parents uh, <laughs> sign in, it's about thirty five yeah. million is what they figure. So maybe there's upside from there. Um, but the other side of it is that the the competition now is just ridiculous. And Netflix, you know, they're going to spend seventeen billion dollars in, in fiscal 2023 to create content. But the part about that, which is so different, is that, you know, in the old days, when, when you made content, you then licensed that to everybody else to play that content. And that's where the money was. The money's not in the playing. The money is in, in the distribution down the road in the intellectual property that you own. In this case, it's all about subscription. They've reached their peak in, uh, you know, after we go through this, uh, getting rid of the people who've been stealing part. So I, I'm with Chris in that it's, pretty much as good as it's going to get right now. Um, and I'm sure to move up four or five points uh, in the yeah. hours, but, but there's much bigger opportunities there. This is, you know, this is, uh, was a, uh, a flying mantis, right? And now it's a dinosaur in that everybody else is after him who has even bigger products. <laughs> Let me try it again. Pockets starting <laughs> with Amazon. Um, and, yeah. uh, you know, I, I, but I, listen, if you've owned it, Fantastic. You know, for a long time, take your money and put it in some bigger growth, uh, less. Yeah. Prices. Didn't they lose Netflix, like hundreds and hundreds of thousands of subscribers last year or two years ago? Didn't they lose two thirds of their market share, market value when the stock dropped from 600 down to less than 200? I mean, um, sure, they gained some subscribers back, but. You know, they basically told everybody they were going to crack down on sharing uh, you know, passwords uh, and, and and everybody just basically jumped ship when uh, the economy turned sideways. So, so they got some of those subscribers back. Big deal. Uh, the stock has climbed and it's running its head right against resistance. Uh, the market's doing you a big favor if it opens higher tomorrow. I, I would I'd be surprised. It's it's higher after the close from 315 to about 330. It's trading, I think, higher after the close. Yeah. I'll bet you tomorrow it opens even lower and everybody's you know so shocked about that. Well, the, you know, if, the you are, if you have that gift yeah. that, that it's higher and you sell it, definitely get out of it. Yeah. I mean, also, let's not forget that in the pantheon of pandemic pull forward technology, you know, other than Peloton, Netflix was probably the second or third, along with Amazon, beneficiary of the pull forward. So they've pulled forward so much of what they can do. Now they're just going to getting the scraps that are left over. It's those those damn cheap kids who are stealing my stuff. <laughs> and crappy well, the, the comedy specials, too. Crappy-ass yeah. comedy well, specials. The comedy specials that Netflix allows on nowadays, it, it's, it's depressing me. Well, it's and, funny and you bring that up, though, Chris. Because just a year ago, there was yeah. talk about the content that Netflix was creating 
was stale. It was boring. You mentioned the comedy side of it. But here they have the Toby's favorite show, uh, Harry and, and Megan's show. And then you also have that movie Glass Onion that came out, which is a big hit. So they are right. seeing some some entertainment that's that's coming back that might be a draw and bring people in. I think the category killer for all the streaming services, though, has got to be live television. You're starting to see that with Amazon Prime with the Thursday night NFL games. But I think once shows like Buy, Hold, Sell appear at 4 o'clock New York time on a Friday on Apple TV, that's going to be the category killer because then you immediately eliminate the traditional ABC, CBS, NBC, and now you can start getting that up-to-date, up-to-the-second news that yeah. really that's what I think the streamers really need yeah. if they wish to evolve and push forward. If you like the Netflix shows, then great. Watch Netflix. Don't put your money in the stock. Right. You yeah. know, what I'm seeing is a, a, a lot of people becoming more and more interested in things like podcasts, like we're on right now. Um, YouTube is where everybody is spending more and more of their time. And if I could plug my YouTube channel, it's at Chris Row Trader, at, at Chris Row Trader. But, um, you know, YouTube is where it's at now. I, I lay in bed now. I'm not watching Netflix. I'm watching YouTube. At it Chris Row amazing... Trader on YouTube. And we'll market that our, on our side as well, Chris. Yeah. And that is fantastic. Toby, any any final thoughts on the streaming side? I mean, do you have any any picks out there? Chris mentioned R-I-C-K. Was it R-I-C-K? Yeah. So, R-I-C-K and... in the leisure sector. R-I-C-K. R-I-C-K in the USA. <laughs> oh, okay, I'm sorry. I, I got confused. We're um, saving the music portion for the end of the show. Toby, okay, so, thank yeah. you. <laughs> well, we, uh, you know, it, it's sort of interesting. I would be the first to admit that I effed up on oil services. We were we were late to that game, and I was like the king of oil services in the early 2000s. I, I just didn't see the I didn't see the budgets expanding as much as they have in in the uh, in, in the drilling side, but in the energy side. I still love USA Compressors. They're one of my all-time favorite stocks. We obviously own it at a stupid, ridiculous price. But if you want to sort of generate a, a 11 to 12% yield monthly, if you can add that with, a, with an MLP called, or excuse me, an MLP ETF, AMZA, AMZA. AMZA was started in, they own USAC. That's where I'm going. I'm not really hallucinating. When AMZA started, the shares were 65 bucks. And they started in 2014, the last part of 2014, the absolute peak of the US fracking craziness, right? So they came down all the way to $4. And we acquired a whole bunch. I think we own like 3% of the float at $4. And I'm the smartest guy in the world because it's 20 bucks now, AMZA. 18. But on AMSA, with its 8% yield, you never will pay income taxes ever because they have such a loss carry for it. So in our taxable accounts that we manage, we have about five, five and a half percent just in AMSA uh, because where are you going to get an 8% yield that's 100% tax free? It's a hell of a lot more than a than a uh, you know a, uh, a mutual fund that has mini bonds um, and as energy comes uh, back after all the things that have happened here and now China comes in and now LNG is is only going larger they benefit so that's my favorite that is like a no brainer to earn more than eight percent the yields are starting to go up we'll probably get to about ten percent tax free federal and state come on man it's hard right to right. Yeah, and I and I got to tell you, you know, those are great picks. Toby always has great picks. Obviously, Transformity Research always has some some winners for everybody out there. But Chris, I got to tell you, I think you're onto something on the Netflix side because it did pop up over eight percent after the earnings report came out. It's still it's it's still up six percent after hours right now, but it is retreating quite a 
just a little bit and it's starting to, to trend lower. So it's going to be real interesting to see where we open tomorrow. And that could uh, actually pull the markets even lower. And uh, but we'll see how the rest of the tech sector plays out. Any final thoughts today, Chris? Anything that, that listeners and viewers might be thinking about regarding the markets going into the weekend and then obviously the, the full week next week? Sell Netflix and chill. That's thing, that's thing number one. Uh, I'm I with like Toby that. on the MLPs. I, I like AMJ as an exchange traded fund, but but uh, Toby's story is amazing. So I, I don't know if it's, if it's tax free or not on AMJ. It's it's only six and a half percent. So I might want to go with what Toby's talking about. Um, think of the stock market as the commodity stocks, and then all the other stocks and um, oil service. You might you might feel like you're late to the party, but I, I disagree. I think there's a lot of upside, a lot of meat on that bone. You want to focus on that. You want to focus on precious metal stocks. You want to focus on commodities. Outside of that. Focus on semiconductor stocks. Focus on um, consumer staples and leisure. Um, that that's it for me. And you know, again, YouTube is at Chris Road Trader. Thank you for having me. By the way, guys. Absolutely, Chris, and we really enjoyed you being with us today as well. We do hope to have you back on the show real soon. And for all the listeners and viewers, please check out TrueMarketInsiders.com and sign up for Chris's free newsletter. I think you uh, you definitely get a lot out of that, just as you are already with Transformity Research and getting Toby's uh, Toby's knowledge as well. So on behalf of Chris Rowe and Tobin Smith, I am Todd Schoenberger. Thank you again for joining us today for Buy, Hold, Sell. We hope to see you next time. Take care. How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transformed, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcasts and now available on YouTube.